the end and uh, we'll be done here with this series and I thought I'd be done last week and I'm hope to be done today. We'll see. But let me give you kind of a review where we're at. And before I do that, what he meant, he talked about angels. That was good. How many of you, you know, put your angels to work? And I'll never forget many, many, many years ago sitting in Bible school the head of the Bible school, Dr. Kenneth Hagin, told us, the student body, how he used his angels or called upon his angels. And he said, whatever you have need of each week, you need to believe God. How many of you need a certain amount of finances every week to pay your bills? You know, I do this every every week for the church. And this is the, the, I guess you could say, formula. This is how you do it. You bind the enemy. From stealing what is rightfully yours. So, for example, I'll say, I bind you, Satan, in the name of Jesus, from stealing the finances of Harvest Church, the people of Harvest Church. You're bound in Jesus' name. Angels, I call you forth to go and bring in the money that you have need of. So, with, with us, it's a certain amount of money every week. With you, it's the same way. So, bind the enemy and loose your angels to go forth. Now, if you're a tither, you can stand on that. He'll do that. Those angels will be released for you as a believer to bring in the finances that you have need of. So I I encourage you, that's the Bible way. All right. Now, there's some things that we, we talked about, your attitude. Everybody has an attitude. I can tell some people's attitude when I meet them on Sunday morning. Their attitude is, oh, I'm tired. I really don't know if I want to be here. I don't feel like worshiping. And, oh, Brad's talking about money again. And, oh, you know, see, that's an attitude. But I want to give you the right attitude that you need to have, that I need to have directed towards God. The first one is you need to rejoice in God's goodness. Second Chronicles 6 says, and let your saints rejoice in goodness. Psalm 13, 6 states, I will sing to the Lord because he's blessed me so richly. Amen? So that's one thing. Number two, remember God's goodness. Psalm 145, 7 says, they shall utter the memory or eagerly, eagerly utter a bubble up of your great goodness. The NIV says, celebrate your abundant goodness. Number three, we need to be satisfied. Jeremiah 31 says, I will satiate or fill to the full the soul of the priests with abundance, and my people shall be satisfied with my goodness. That means to supply abundantly. All right. Then we see number four, you need to continue in God's goodness. And in Living Bible, in Romans 11, it says, Notice how God is both kind and severe. He is very hard on those who disobey, but very good to you if you continue to love and trust him. And then the last one, what we talk about last week, waiting on him. And I got done Sunday morning, and uh, I was alone all weekend. They left me. Is wonderful. Um, and I could do what I want. I said I could eat what I want. So I had Chinese food Saturday night, last Saturday night. And so Sunday I, I went home after service and I had the fortune cookie and I didn't open it up on Saturday for some reason because I was going to give it to the dog, but I had to read my fortune. This is what it said. Good things come to those who wait. Be patient. I thought, why didn't I open it up before Sunday morning? 
You know, we don't go by fortune cookies. I do if I'm really down and out, but, you know. No. God can speak to you. Yeah, he could speak to you through a fortune cookie. You know, that's not the primary way. Amen. So we need to wait. It says, the Lord is good to those who wait for him, to the soul who seeks him. We said, if you want to know God's goodness, then you and I need to learn to what? Wait on him. Now look at Hosea. Right after Daniel, Hosea, the prophet, chapter 3. A couple more today we'll get through. Then we'll see if we'll be done. Hosea, chapter 3 and verse 1. And this is kind of an interesting story. This is where God directs the prophet to marry an unfaithful woman. That's kind of different, kind of odd, isn't it? Go marry a prostitute. And what this does, it demonstrates his unconditional love for a nation that was full of rebellion. And so this undeserved goodness and love shocked Israel. Everyone say shocked. Because in all reality, they deserved judgment. But did they get it? No. Let me read it to you. It says, And the Lord said to me, verse 1, Go again, love a woman who is loved by a lover and is committing adultery, just like the love of the Lord for the children of Israel, who looks to other gods and love the raisin cakes of the pagans. So I bought her for myself for 15 shekels of silver and one and one half homers of barley. And I said to her, You shall stay with me many days. You shall not play the harlot nor shall you have a man, so too will I be toward you. For the children of Israel shall abide many days without king or prince, without sacrifice or sacred pillar, without ephod or teraphim. Verse 5, now listen. Afterward, the children of Israel shall return and seek the Lord their God and David their king. This is what I want you to hear. They shall fear the Lord and his goodness. We, We just said that this morning. Confess it. They shall fear the Lord and his goodness in the latter days. Now, what's that mean? It means the nation of Israel, what did they deserve for playing the harlot judgment? But did God rain down judgment upon thee? No, he did not. And, and so that's what this, this word fear. They shall fear the Lord and his goodness. Fear means to be startled, to tremble, to stand in awe, and be amazed. Now, I'll give you an example. This, this isn't really that great of an example, but it's, I guess it applies. How many people were amazed by this last election? Yeah, we were believing. But didn't that just kind of bring some shock and awe to this, to this nation? Did this nation deserve judgment? Yes. Did we receive judgment? No. God demonstrated his unconditional love towards us. He blessed us. He gave us another, another opportunity to get it right. This is what happened to Israel. And that's the thing. You know, we should be so grateful and so thankful. Is President elect Donald Trump perfect? Far from it. I don't even, I'm not assured yet that he's really born again. But we don't need a pastor. We need a leader in the White House. I heard that. I thought that was good. 
But we, we were blessed by God. Prayers were answered. And we need to continue to pray. So, you know, we can be blessed. To think about we can be blessed with God's unconditional love and his goodness. If you think back when you were a no good sinner and how God blessed you with his unconditional love, the goodness of God leads one to repent of their sin. We should be thankful. But to, to, to think we, we, you can tremble and be so amazed and so shocked because God is so good to his people. Now, Paul is a good example of this. You don't need to turn there in Acts 8. It says, as for Paul, this is how Paul or Saul, we should say Saul, he made havoc of the church, entering every house and dragging off men and women, committing them to prison. Where did they lay the cloaks as the people began to stone Stephen at the feet of a young man named Saul? First Timothy chapter 1 says, and I, Paul says, and I thank Christ Jesus our Lord who's enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, a violently arrogant man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord was exceedingly abundant with faith and love, which are in Christ Jesus. So did Paul experience the grace of God, the mercy of God, and the goodness of God? Did he deserve it? So, you know, you think there's times you get down on yourself. Don't get down on yourself. Don't beat yourself up. Yes, we are all sinners saved by the grace of God, and we do sin. That's why we have 1 John 1, 9. But don't beat yourself up. You and I, we, you know, we're sons and daughters of the Most High God. We're blessed of God. We experience His goodness even when we don't deserve it. Amen? Yeah. So instead of getting down on yourself, remind yourself. Talk to yourself. Tell yourself who you are in Christ Jesus. Now, this is another example. I'm I'm being really political today, but if you followed the news, how did Mitt Romney treat Donald Trump? I can't, I I couldn't recall some of the things that he said about Donald Trump, but they were nasty. And when I heard Donald, the Donald, called him to Trump Tower, and as this has been going on and on, he was in one of, running for, you know, top, one of the top ones to be Secretary of State. Now, I have my opinion, and I don't need to give you my opinion. You probably can figure that out, but did he deserve to be called the Trump Tower? Uh-uh. If anything, the Donald should have unleashed on him, and he could do it. If he, but he didn't. He restrained from that. See, that's, that's the goodness of God towards a rebellious individual. I never, you know, you think about... When Romney was running, and I, he was a Mormon, but like I said, you know, he had some character and integrity, but his true colors came out, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. But I thought it was really magnanimous of Donald Trump to have him come to, and sit down at it and showed him sitting and eating dinner with him. Did he deserve it? Uh-uh. No. Now, 
Look at Psalm 107. So that's that's the that was one we just we talked about. You know, people shall fear the Lord because of the goodness of God. They'll, they'll be shocked and amazed. And I still we I still believe in this coming new year. There's going to be times we're going to be shocked and amazed at the goodness of God. You need to believe that you're going to be blessed of God. You know, are you all? Are we all going to get it right? No. We're not all perfect, but God looks at us. He looks down and says, well, those people at Harvest Church, they're at least they're making an effort. They're making an attempt. They're walking in the light that they have and know. And I, I appreciate that. So I'm going to bless them. Angels go and bless them. So have that kind of attitude. Oh, I don't deserve to be blessed. That's fine. Let me be blessed. Get out of the way. That's just religion. We're sons and daughters of God. You know, my kid here, he's not perfect. I love him. Caleb and... Well, who has a perfect kid? Anybody that wears a stocking cap in church? Just picking on you. We're not perfect. You love your kids, don't you? And they're good kids. They're good girls and a good son. We're blessed. Are they perfect? No. Have you screwed up this year at all? That just is revealing your imperfection and your pride. You've messed up. You've done some things. Have you ever said anything that you regret saying? Every day. Well, you know what? Christmas is coming around. Do you know what, though? I'm still going to bless him. Not perfect. Not perfect, but he's my child. He's my son. You know? Does he deserve judgment in this once in a while? Robert, you do that. No, don't. Mom will do it. I know Mama can do it. Can't you? Yeah. But he'll be blessed because it's the goodness of God flowing through Daddy to his son. Kids like that? You like that message right there? Say amen if you want to be blessed, even though you've screwed up. That's the goodness of God. Now, here's the one I wanted to concentrate on. In Psalm 107, look at verse 8. And this is repeated, I believe, three times in verse um, 21 and verse 31. But let's read it in verse uh, 8. And it says this. Oh, that men would give. Oh, that men would give thanks to the Lord. Why? For his goodness and for his wonderful works to the children of man for he satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungry soul with goodness. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. When's the last time you gave thanks to the Lord for his goodness? I'm sure you have. Some people are quiet and could do it in a quiet way. Some are real demonstrative and they, they show it with their actions. But I don't care whether you do it quietly or doing it loud. You need to give, and I need to give thanks daily to God for his goodness. Even though you might not have had a good day. You might not have had a good week. You might have, got, you might have gotten in a fight on your way to church with your mate today. It was quiet. We used to fight. On the, remember how that years and years and years ago when we first came here? That's why we come in different vehicles, she says. <laughs> oh, the woman you gave me. 
But how many have ever gotten in a fight on the way to church with your mate? Never on the way home because you heard the word and you repented, right? Well, what was I making a, talking about before that? I'm having a senior moment, huh? Well, I must have, had this, must have said that for a purpose. Maybe somebody today got in a fight with your mate on the way to church. Make up. Get it right. Amen. But we are supposed to give thanks to the Lord for his goodness. And you and I need to do it every day. Every day we wake up, we should have the mindset that we are thankful. Maybe you're healthy. Maybe your bills are paid. Maybe you've got a roof over your head and food on the table. Maybe you have the opportunity. I'm reading a book right now, Kathy got me, about Nazi Germany and how they invaded European countries and how the Jews were exterminated. And how this book is, every chapter is about a a hero that rescued the Jewish people. You know, have we had to suffer like that? No. We have no conception, no idea. In fact, there was one individual that came from Poland to talk to Franklin Delano Roosevelt about the problem. And he sat down and tried to explain to him how Hitler was exterminating the Jews by the hundreds and thousands in Poland. I don't know how many. It was unbelievable. And Franklin Delano Roosevelt just sat there. And he kept going and trying, going to congressmen. And finally, the light came on because people could not fathom the atrocities that were occurring in World War II. They couldn't even believe it. We haven't had to deal with that. And we should be thankful that we can come and worship God freely in a place like this. Amen. Oh, that man would give, would praise and confess to the Lord for his goodness. This is the Amplified. Confess to the Lord for his goodness and loving kindness and his wonderful works to the children of men. We need to show some gratitude. We need to... Show God that we appreciate. And how do you do that? With your words, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speak. We're supposed to come into his presence with singing, not with complaining. How many of you, how many of you complain even today? Oh, it's so cold. Well, that's a complaint. It's an observation. But how many of you think about all the complaining that you do during the course of a week? And how we should be thankful. Now, look, this is, an, this is an interesting Hebrew word. And this word thank, this is what it means. It means to revere or worship with extended hands. It comes from the root word in the Hebrew meaning hand. To revere or worship with extended hands, to praise, to give thanks, to acknowledge. So when you give thanks, you're acknowledging that God has been good to you. 
It, it means to declare the merits of someone, and it occurs over a hundred times in the Old Testament. That's what it talks about. Lift up, lift holy hands up. This is part of being thankful. Thanking God is a worship word. A worship word. I'll never forget, I've had a handful of God dreams. Just a handful. But I can remember just every one of them clearly. And it was right when I first started as a pastor, <clears throat> and I had to do everything back then, and I was leading worship. And I'll never forget, I think it was a Saturday night before the Sunday service, I had a dream. I'll never forget this dream. And in the dream, I came down, this is probably what Abe would like to do sometimes, came down, jumped down off the platform where I was leading worship. And I went across, went to every aisle, and I did this. Careful, I don't want to hurt you. See, what, I was, I, oh, I'm scared of pastor today. He's going to make me lift my hands. In my dream, I was forcing people to put their hands up. Never forget that. Never. What was God trying to say? Kind of resistant. You should have known what was going to happen. Your arms are hard to get up. Jeez. Uh, uh, heavy. What's it mean? The father was trying to tell his people to worship him. Never forget. Oh, man. It's to this day, I can, it's so vivid in my memory. Why? We're supposed to lift holy hands because this is a way of thanking God. Psalm 95, 2 says, let us come into his presence with thanksgiving. 1 Thessalonians 5, verse 18. This is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Or in everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus. In every, not for everything, but in every circumstance, give thanks. Even when the day is, doesn't go the way you thought. Even when you have things happen in your life, in your family, spiritually, physically, financially, relationally, that, you know, things that happen. We're supposed to continue to give thanks. Don't thank God for what happened to you. But thank God in this situation, God can deliver you and I. God can bless you and I. God can speak to us and give us a rhema word to set us free. Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 20, it says, Giving thanks always, not sometimes giving thanks always for all things to God the Father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So that tells us how we're to give thanks, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Is there anything today you can be thankful for? Then what you need to do is express it to the Father in your own way. You know, all of us have different personalities, but please show 
God some gratitude and appreciation in what he's done for you and I. Look at Revelation chapter 7. I'm almost done here. Revelation chapter 7. What do you think you're going to do in heaven? Huh? Think there'll be any of this? Or you think people are going to, you'll think like Sunday morning and people are just. What do you think it's going to be like in heaven? There's going to be a lot of people. Ex- you're going you're to see people that you knew down here and you thought, my God, you never acted like that down here on earth when I knew you. Old Germans, this area of the country, a bunch of stoic Germans show no emotion. Get to heaven, it's going to be a little different thing. Here it tells us what's it going to be like. It says in verse 11, all the angels, we're talking about angels today, stood around the throne and the elders and the four living creatures and fell on their faces before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom, thanksgiving. And honor and power and might be to our God forever and ever. There's going to be a lot of that going on up there. But see, we, we pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is. And so if this is heaven's way, this should, should, should be the way it, it should be here on earth. Thankful. What are you thankful for today? Well, here, there's, there's, I won't give you the scripture, but I, I got a scripture to back up everything that I tell you you should be thankful for. Food. Everyone say food. Oh, now that was too enthusiastic. Wisdom in Daniel. We should thank God for new converts, for Thessalonians. We should thank God for prayers answered. How many of you have had any prayers answered? We should thank God. For victory. We have the victory through Christ Jesus. We should thank God for salvation. We should give thanks for the Lord's Supper. We should give thanks for changed lives. I'll just pick on Nate today since I picked on you. Are you different than you were a few years ago before you met Bradley? Is he different? He's always been a good kid, yeah, a good heart. He has, yeah. But he's changed. Yeah. See? Look back and remember. I've, I know some things that you've told me about, you know, what, what you used to do. Do you do that stuff anymore? Uh-uh. Are you thankful? Are you happy? No, life isn't perfect. I mean, we always you have to deal with things every day, but you've changed. See, I, I, I'm thankful... You've changed. You've come a long way. You used to upset me. And I'd go to Brad, and I'd say, Brad, I told Nate to do this, and he hasn't done it. That doesn't happen so much anymore because you've changed. You've allowed God to work in your life and in your heart, and you're growing. Amen. You've got to change because you're a daddy. going to be a daddy. 
How have you changed? Have you changed? I, I remember a long time ago. Pick on you, quiet one. I think it's a wonderful thing you come to church when you can. I know you have a different schedule, but you're here. And your daddy would be proud of you. Son of a preacher. How have you changed? Think about it. Are you thankful? I'm thankful. I got, you know, we all have things we can complain about. Even preachers. But I'm, I'm, and this is honest and sincere, I'm, I'm very thankful that we have always had a faithful core group. There's always a remnant in every church that's faithful. And there are people that have been here faithful with their tithes, faithful with their attendance, faithful with their support, and I'm thankful for you. I might not always verbalize it, but I'm thankful for you. I'm thankful for Ron Elbin, quiet guy sits in the back. All the legal work he's done for us through all the years of ministry. I'll never forget him walking in, didn't know the man, and he came in here after the Billy Graham crusade. That's when Ron Elbin walked through the door. I don't know if he was at the crusade, but I felt like because we were faithful, God would send his people, and he was one of them. I'm thankful. I'm thankful I got somebody sitting down here that isn't ashamed when we worship to come down and get on his knees. It's an example. I'm thankful. See, what are you thankful for this year? See, we need to thank God for his goodness. We rejoice in it. We remember it. We're satisfied it. We should be satisfied. We continue in it. We wait for it. We walk in the fear of the Lord because of it, and we should give thanks for his goodness. Let's stand to our feet today. I think everybody's tired today from shoveling snow. You all wore out. Will you promise me this week during the course of your everyday life that you'll pause long enough whether in your car, at work, at lunchtime, whatever, and give thanks for God's goodness. Father, we're thankful today. And we lift our hands because this is a way of expressing our thanks. We worship you, Most High God. Every good and every perfect gift comes down from you, and we recognize that, Lord God. The blessing of the Lord makes one rich, and you add no sorrow with it. You said, in everything, give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. We give you thanks today for our salvation. We give you thanks that our bodies are the, are the temple of the Holy Ghost. We give you thanks, Lord God, that you supply all of our need according to your glorious riches in Christ Jesus. And no good thing will you withhold from them that walk upright before you. We give you thanks today because you promised our seed would be blessed and delivered continually. We give you thanks, Lord, that we can worship freely, Lord God, without fear of persecution. We give you thanks today for, for jobs that many of us have. We give you thanks, Lord God, for employers that are people of integrity and, and bless us with a good salary. 
We give you thanks, Lord God, for all of your spiritual, physical, financial blessings this day. You are good. You are good. Say, you are good. Say it again. You are good. And your mercy endures forever. And surely your goodness and your mercy shall follow me, my family, all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen.